over the last 15 years or so from the time I was a young adult to learn how to be and how to have a conversation back and forth and and what are the ways that I can vulnerably and authentically connect with people so that connection is served and not because if in certain ways if you're if you're overly vulnerable or you know anything like that then that connection can can be broken and so how do you make the connection stronger as opposed to pushing people away with who you are Welcome to the Online Creator Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tradewell, founder of May & James Co., a creative digital company. Building a brand is about human connection. I am here to help you articulate your story through strategy, development, and execution. I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Online Creator Podcast, episode 39. I have the privilege of speaking with Kathleen Melvin today on the podcast. She is a TEDx coach and copywriter whose insight has been featured in TEDx, The Writing Cooperative, and many other outlets. With a degree in theater performance and over a decade as an actor, director, writer, editor, and educator, Kathleen draws on her diverse experiences to help mission-driven experts design and deliver the message that's on their heart out into the minds of the people who need to hear it through TEDx coaching and done-for-you copywriting services. Today's conversation was so good. I could honestly have Kathleen back on again. When I say she has diverse work experience that she draws all of her knowledge and insight from, I'm not kidding. She would be fabulous to work with. And if you are just like me and are thinking, man, I need to up my skills, I need to increase my visibility, then please go find her. I'll have all the links in the show notes, but let's get into the conversation. Welcome, Kathleen, to the show. Hey, Kathleen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to talk to all of your people about speaking today. Yes, yes. I can't wait to get into what you do because it is, I think it's something that more and more people are talking about definitely and that a lot of people need support with because speaking doesn't come natural in front of audiences and especially a TEDx presentation mm -hmm. as you help others with. But we'll get into that. I love starting out my conversation with how have you leveraged your voice to better your business and brand. And maybe it's looked a little bit different through your journey. I would love for you to share what that looks like, maybe, you know, at the beginning and where you are at now. Since the work that I do is all about messaging, it's all about getting the message that's on my clients' hearts out into the world, into the minds of the people who really need to hear it. The work that I do is 
your voice is central to that. And so as I have created my brand and as I have become more visible, it has always been just like how it is for me. I saw someone on Facebook today, someone had posted something about making sure that you're you're letting your weird be seen. And I was like, oh yeah, no, mine, mine shows up all over the place because having that really specific voice, which includes all of your weird, is just really essential to getting your message out to the right people. It helps attract the right people to your message. It ha- helps repel the wrong people away from it. And so it's just, it is, it is my message. Yeah. So good. And has it always come natural for you to be able to speak? Because this online space is so different. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you first started on here, was it something that you showed up consistently doing? And, And how do you do that? Like, what's your favorite platform to speak on? So showing up consistently isn't is something that I still struggle with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> showing up, yes. Showing up consistently, not always. Right. My my platforms that I spend the most time on probably Facebook and Instagram at this point. I really love LinkedIn, but I've been spending less time there and sort of just like doing the same thing on Facebook and LinkedIn because I have different people there. And so I can say the same things and they reach the different audiences that are there. Yeah, so good. So let's dive into the power of speaking. And can you share your story of how you came to be what you do today? Like, so maybe explain what you do (laughs) first, (laughs) better than I can. And then let's get into like how you got there. So I have two different parts of my business. They both fall under that messaging umbrella. One side of my business is copywriting. So I write a lot of emails, a lot of sales pages, some websites here and there. But the other side of my business is TEDx coaching. So I help business owners through that whole process of figuring out what their idea is, figuring out what events to apply for, how to apply, getting those applications out, getting the talk itself written and then up on its feet and ready to perform. So that that whole process. And I have leapt a lot of lily pads to get to where I am. I started out way back in high school. My sport of choice was speaking. I was a competitive speaker. I competed all the way up to the national level in a bunch of different categories. And then I went to university for theater. And so I got my degree in, I studied classical theater performance. I worked as an actor in Chicago for over 10 years. And during that time, I also started my first business, which was an arts education company. And the way that theater companies are set up is a little different than when you think about like a a corporate organization. So rather than having executives, rather than a a C-suite, we have, we're split into two different 
channels. So we have an artistic director and an executive director. And I took on the artistic director role. And because we were such a small company, that meant I was doing all sorts of things, writing all the things that needed to be written, including, it turns out, copy and doing the messaging for the business. And so that really led me into starting this business that I'm currently in. And shortly after I went full-time in this business, I gave a TEDx talk. And I gave my talk, and then I was sort of getting my community ready to spread it when it came online. And they started looking at all of those lily pads and saying, okay, you were a speaker, you were an actor and a director, you're a writer, you're an editor, and now you've done a TEDx talk. I want to do a TEDx talk and you've got all of these skill sets. Will you help me through the process? And so my TEDx program developed really beautifully organically out of those conversations that I was having shortly after I gave my TEDx talk. And that's how I started doing what I'm doing now. That is so cool. I love how you explain that organic kind of those steps to get to where you are and what a unique background that you have and all of those experiences just really marry well together I mean especially like the copywriting and the speaking and and like getting that formulated right to be able to present and I also have never heard of speaking as a sport which I don't understand why I haven't but I think that's actually brilliant because it is. It really truly is. Yeah. As yeah. I mean, it was competitive. You prepared, you got up early in the morning just like the physical athletes did, you drove on a bus for hours and then mm-hmm. competed throughout the day. And there are so the, it it's called forensics and when most people hear about yeah. forensics they think, you know, like CSI. Mm-hmm blood spatter analysis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so that's always a little confusing. But yeah, it's in in the States, it's across the whole country. There are thousands and thousands of kids who compete. And there's even um it's even at the university level. Oh, what a great like what a great skill to take on for the rest of your life. It's something definitely I wish I would have practiced more. And I think as Mm. I've gotten into this online space, definitely trying to feel comfortable speaking and finding the right platform for myself has been interesting. But I think, I think it's unique. And I'd love to hear your take on that too, because I always talk lots about personalities and how, how your personality really impacts how you show up. But it doesn't mean necessarily that you can't show up. It just means that you show up like how you mentioned at the beginning, as you, and as mm-hmm. genuinely authentic as possible. But I think that's a challenge for a lot of us, right? It's just, it doesn't, I, there's not, I would like to know the stat actually on, on people that feel comfortable speaking in front of others, because to me, I feel like it's one of those things that, oof, like you have got to practice that muscle to get good at it. And for a variety of reasons. It's one thing to speak as an expert in front of Mm -hmm. people. It's a whole other thing to show up online in an authentic and vulnerable 
way and not be that that polished perfect version yeah. of yourself that you might strive to be if you're you know giving a pitch in front of a boardroom mm-hmm. or presenting a talk at a conference and i am i'm an introvert i am naturally very very shy as a mm-hmm. child i did not talk to people or look people in the eye I have social anxiety, I am autistic, like all of these things are, have shaped how I have learned to communicate and how I've learned to show up in person and online. And so it's definitely been something that I really deliberately focused on over the last 15 years or so from the time I was a young adult to learn how to be and how to have a conversation back and forth and and what are the ways that I can vulnerably and authentically connect with people so that that connection is served and not cuz if in certain ways if you're if you're overly vulnerable or you know anything like that, then that connection can can be broken. And so how do you make the connection stronger as opposed to pushing people away with who you are? A hundred percent. And also you mentioned at the beginning too, when you are showing up like that, you attract the people in your world that mm-hmm. you do want to attract because we all have our ideal dream clients. And I've said this so many times, but it's so true. I mean, we get the opportunity to choose our clients as much as they get to choose us. And so, yeah, it's just beautiful when they can find you and, and it's a nice match when you first get on the call and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, they're, like, they're who I want to ask the vibe check. Yeah. you And you yeah. know, you know, and that's why I love audio so much is that you can really feel the person. You can feel their emotions. You can mm-hmm. feel their, I feel that you can so well. And I don't know if it's like a earbud thing. It's just like right here. I don't know what it is, but there's something magical that can really happen between a podcast speaking mm-hmm. and their listeners. You um, feel I, very intimate. Yes. You feel I know. very much like you're just sitting down and you're having coffee with someone or you're, you know, in their living room and you're just, you're hearing them chat. Yes. Yes. I love it. And so from that viewpoint, I'm sure you, so many benefits of helping clients get on a stage and speak in front of, you know, in real life opportunities. Can you talk a little bit about what you have seen and what the benefits come back to I feel like I know but (laughs) they're like to me like that's an obvious but what have you seen in your experience with helping others do this so I'll talk about my own personal experience first when I gave my TEDx talk it wasn't even the topic that I gave my talk on isn't even related to my business it was about a life experience and a lesson related to that But even though my talk wasn't related to my business, it still had a major impact on my business because with TEDx especially, we have so much trust in that brand and so much trust in that logo. So I had 
been pitching to podcast and things like that before I gave my TEDx talk. After I got my TEDx talk and I was able to start saying I'm giving a talk in November or I just gave my TEDx talk, those those conversations started going faster. They started going more smoothly. I was getting easier yeses. So as far as publicity goes, like in my first year after giving my TEDx talk, I had given almost 50 podcast interviews. And it wasn't it wasn't even just the the places that I was pitching, but people were approaching me and saying, "Hey, do you want to come talk to my mastermind? Do you want to talk to my coaching group?" And so all of these doors for getting myself in front of new people started to open for me. And so I, that's that's something that I preach a lot <laughs> because that was my personal experience. It's kind of like having that other tool in your toolbox, right? It's Mm -hmm. creating that resume of your knowledge and your experience and, Mm -hmm. and being able to like, listen back to it or, you know, find you on a TEDx talk and Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, I know the value that you can bring to my audience or my membership, right? Like, that's pretty powerful. When you've given a talk like that, and someone maybe comes across organically or someone shares it with them. Or even if you are like, Hey, I want you to see this Mm -hmm. when they get to spend the average TEDx talk is about 12 minutes long. When they get to spend 12 minutes listening to you share stories and connect with them and change their perspective, which is what TEDx is all about. It's all about that idea worth spreading and the new lens of looking at things. When they get to spend that concentrated time with you, they come away from the talk being like, oh, I feel I feel like I know this person. I feel like I trust that this person knows what she's talking about. And so it's this just like magic, like almost in the same way that when someone refers you personally, you already have that that leg up. It's the same thing with your TEDx talk. That's so cool. What if you could create an audio funnel that helps you build and scale in a unique way? If you're dealing with low converting opt-ins, not seeing growth of your email list, or wanting to create an opt-in that drives excitement, so not your typical PDF or checklist, then Launch with an Audio Funnel training is for you. Expect to learn how to identify and tell your unique story in a way that captures the attention of your audience. Become more accessible and meet your ideal clients where they are at. How to format and structure your episodes and ways to drive traffic to your audio feed and generate demand for your content. And even a game plan to create excitement around your audio asset. If you're interested in learning more, check out the link in the show notes. Launch with an audio funnel training might be the right fit for you. This might be a silly question, but for someone who doesn't know the process of, you know, what it's like to even apply and then the application process and all the things in between, what would a person be looking at for a time frame to have this implemented for themselves? That is not a silly question. It is a great question. And it's a question that I get a lot. Okay. So minimally, 
I tell people, give yourself six months from the time that you really start focusing on your idea and finding events to the time that you would get on stage, minimally six months. Every TEDx event is different and they have their own schedules, their own timelines. And so some events will put their applications out six months in advance. Others will put them out, you know, four months, three months in advance. But you're likely not going to get, just statistically speaking, get that first. Right application and get that acceptance. So figure over the course of three or four months, you're going to continue, continue, continue to apply to apply to places. I tell people minimally to expect to apply to about a dozen, Mm -hmm. but be ready to apply for more. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's a, it's a marathon. It's a, it's a long haul. Yeah, for sure. Totally worth it. And it's it's kind of like anything though, right? Like a lot of these platforms, whether you are choosing TEDx or whether you're choosing like YouTube or whether you're choosing like a podcast or blogging, it's being consistent and getting your message and rinse and repeat to mm-hmm. be able to build that and then, you know, get there. It's it they're all long term strategies, really. And I never really thought about mm-hmm. using or that lens of a TEDx presentation being the same way, but it would be. Is there a stage in the process that you see clients getting hung up on, like besides the application process and being, I guess, patient in that part is one stage, but is the ideation part the other part where they get hung up or what have you seen? There are three places that I I, I call them like sticky spots. (laughs) (laughs) So those three sticky spots are figuring out what your idea is. So generally when clients come to me, they have a sort of kind of maybe general idea of what they want to talk about. And we work together to narrow that down into what their really specific, compelling idea worth spreading is. So that's spot number one. Spot number two is getting your your content done on paper in your first draft. First drafts are always hard. <laughs> and so I have some stepping stones, some scaffolding that I take my clients through, whether I'm working with them one-on-one or whether they're in my group program, which is called Amplify, so that we can lower those hurdles and get them into their first draft in the most enjoyable and least stressful way possible. And then the third of the three sticky points is memorization. Memorization really scares people. And the style of TEDx is to fully memorize your talk. You write your script and then you memorize it word for word. And it makes sense that that is a stressful thing because most of us haven't had to memorize something significant even memorize phone numbers anymore. We don't do that, (laughs) but certainly not, you know, 10 or 12 minutes of material since middle school, high school. And even then we were never taught how to memorize. We just got an assignment, memorize this poem, memorize the Gettysburg address, memorize whatever, and then stand up and do it as though memorizing a big chunk of text is somehow innate in us. And it's not. So I really bring a lot of my 
background and training as an actor and as a director into that part of the process. And I help people understand, first of all, what style of learner they are, whether they are auditory, kinesthetic, visual, verbal, and then looking at different strategies that are really helpful for those different categories of learning. Again, to make that as stress-free as possible, because my goal really is that TEDx should be a joyful experience. I want my clients, when they get to their events, to be able to walk on stage and feel super proud and super confident and enjoy being there and not be stuck in their head about, oh, what if something goes wrong? Because when I gave my TEDx talk, I went the night before we had a a dress rehearsal in the space, and I was standing at the side of the auditorium with another speaker, the woman who was slated to go before me, and she was holding some note cards and sort of fingering them nervously, and she didn't look at me, but she sort of like energetically leaned into me and was like, I've never done my talk without my notes. And in my, in my heart, I was going, ah, <laughs> that's terrifying. But of course you can't say that. And so I was like, you know, you've been practicing. It's in there. You know it better than you think you do. But I, I want to support my clients every single step of the way, help lower those hurdles, get them over the hurdles, but also hold their hand in between so that they can get to their event and be like, this is great. I've worked so hard to be here. I'm here now. I just get to enjoy doing this super cool thing that I've wanted to do for so long. Oh, yeah. Like, I think the last thing, the memory I have is... I used to play piano. And so getting in front of an audience, right, for your concert or whatever it was, festival season and performing, but that's like over in three minutes. (laughs) And even when you think about having a speech for 15 minutes, 12 minutes, kind of in that area, that doesn't sound crazy. But yet when you get in front, I can't even imagine how long that feels like. I think that for for most, when you are fully prepared. Right. And that's the key. And you start yeah. talking, it just goes. Yeah. And then suddenly you're done and it's like, oh, wow, that just happened and now it's over. It's when you're not fully prepared that it can feel so arduous and so painful and so scary because you're constantly thinking three steps ahead which also just takes you out of the moment and makes it so that you're not connecting to the audience in the best possible way. But yeah, it's really stressful when you're, there's there's a reason that like stereotypically actors have nightmares about not knowing their lines. I can't, I can't even imagine. That's so out of my comfort zone. But I also know when, I talk about or when I talk to someone about a topic that they thoroughly believe in that they love, 
the flow of the conversation. I mean, people have to be like, okay, Kim, like you're kind of nerding out now. You need to, (laughs) because I can get so excited that you can't shut me up. So I think that's important to really believe in and be excited about the topic, first of all, but then also to intertwine all of those pieces that make a presentation memorable or make a podcast memorable. And I think for me, it's that when they can weave in stories that resonate and that I can kind of be like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Those are the ones that I really remember. So I'm sure that's a piece that you do with your clients too, right? So that their presentation or their speech stands out because that is all, there's so many pieces, so many layers. Yeah, but you're absolutely right that like the stories are essential. Mm -hmm. Humans are wired for storytelling. That's how we communicate. That's how we learn. That's how we remember things. And so Mm -hmm. if you're just up and you're, you know, listing facts, the facts in and of themselves might be fascinating. For sure. But as soon as you walk out the door, nobody who is hearing you is going to remember what those facts were unless you attach them to stories. Yes. There was, yeah, there's just so many cool things. I could just keep talking to you about this because, and also your experience with acting and all of those things. There's probably so many great cues and tips and tricks that you can help your clients with when it comes to that too, because it's not just standing probably in one place, just monotone either. There's probably the whole art of the presentation itself. Mm-hmm. which is a piece to it, I'm sure. So, oh my gosh, I love that you have brought a different lens to what is possible when it comes to being visible in and presenting and being known for something that you want to be known for. Because I think mm-hmm. in this world to be able to stand out and get noticed, we have to be unique. We have to be different. We have to gently nudge ourselves to do things that aren't comfortable. Yeah. So I love that you do this in your business. And I know the first time that we spoke, I was like, oh, you would be so fantastic to work with. And I'm sure your clients feel the same way when they are done working with you. If people want to find out more about where and what you all offer, like your one-on-one offers and your group container Amplify, how do they find you? So the first place that I want to direct people is to a mini audio series that I have, which is a series of four, right? Audio. Love it. It's a series of four interviews with actual real life, true TEDx owners, organizers, and uh, curators. And so that is over at rightcatcreative.com slash TEDx podcast. And that it's very long. I'm sure it'll end up in the show notes, but it's R-I-G-H-T, catcreative.com slash TEDx podcast. So if you go there, you can grab that mini audio series. And if you want to follow me on social, I'm on Instagram at Right Cat Creative, and I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook at Kathleen Melvin. Love, love, love that. And I will definitely have it in the show notes. Before I let you go, I love ending with a few rapid fire questions. What would you consider is your superpower? I think I when people ask me this question, I always go back to something that a friend said to me, like, I don't know, five or six years ago at this point. She said, every time 
I talk to you, I feel like I'm the only person in the room. Mm. And I love wow. that. It made me feel so good. That is a it. huge compliment. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I, I want people to feel like they are they are that important, that they are that essential mm-hmm. to me. I love people. I love having those conversations, mm-hmm. even though sometimes I'm not an excellent conversationalist, but I am a really good listener. And so I think that is that empathetic, active listening is probably yes. my superpower. It's huge. I love that. What scares you in business? Is there anything that scares you or is it just so natural that you're roll with punches? I am an unnatural entrepreneur. Okay. I am a person whose report cards always said follows directions well. Mm -hmm. I am a rule follower. I am an implementer. I am not necessarily a visionary. And mm-hmm. so that I, there are a lot of reasons that owning my own business is the right answer mm-hmm. for me, but there are a lot of those sorts of elements that don't come naturally to me and that I have to continually check myself and say, okay, who can I bring into my world? Who can help me with those things? Yeah. Oh, I'm the same way. Oh my gosh. So crazy. (laughs) And I also love to know, I feel like I know this answer, but maybe not. Do you like listening to audiobooks? Would you rather read? Are you more into like just reading a traditional book? What's your go-to for when it comes to learning or entertainment? Ooh, I feel like there are multiple questions in there. So as far as books go, I am a paper person. I want to hold the book in my hand. I want to turn the pages. I want to write notes. But as far as like business education goes, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. Podcasts are how I keep myself company if I'm taking long drives or I go on a walk every single day and I almost always choose to listen to a podcast while I'm on my walk. So it's really, it's for like entertainment. I want to read a book for education. I listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Ah, that's so good. I have to sometimes step away and realize that it's okay to just relax for fun because I'm constantly trying (laughs) to absorb, absorb, absorb. So it's nice to hear others like and how they take that approach. So I appreciate that. Is there anything that I missed today that you would really love to capture? I don't think so. I'm just, I'm so glad to have been here and have this conversation with you. And I think that the thought that I just want to leave people with is that we can sometimes assign a lot of meaning to TEDx in a way that prevents us from seeing it as feasible. So we put it on our vision board. We never bring it into our real life mm-hmm. because we some somewhere in our head, there's a little voice saying, I just, I, I want that, but I don't know if it's for me. I don't know if I'm expert enough. I don't know if my revenue is high enough. I don't know if my platform is yes. big enough. I don't know if I've been in business for long enough. And so what I always want people to understand after you know showing up to one of my workshops or something like that is that a TEDx talk is within your reach. There are over 3,500 TEDx events across the globe every single year. 
TEDx does not look for professional speakers. They look for good ideas. And so if you want a TEDx talk, you can get a TEDx talk. It's out there for you. I did not know that number. See, you're leaving with a stat. You started with a story and you're leaving with a stat. I love it. But seriously, it's a beautiful way to close this. And I so appreciate you for your time because I think you're right. Like many of us hold ourselves back because of that imposter syndrome and and all the mindset things that go, you know, like, oh, like, should I start this or should I do this? I got to get more experience under my belt before I even attempt or I don't have the time, I, whatever. But I think you touched on it before too. If you need to um, get support in a certain area that isn't your strength or your expertise, seek it, get it, be in the rooms with the people that are doing the things that you want to do in order to achieve those goals. Because I think that's something that I've definitely learned over the last couple of years of being in this online space. If you want it bad enough, there's so many opportunities out there. So again, I appreciate your time. If those are um, listening and are interested and thinking about it, if it's on their vision board, check out Kathleen. I love all the things that you bring to the table and yeah, your personality shines. You kind of blow my socks off. Seriously, you're an introvert? Really? Like, I don't even believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. I, I very much am. It's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. I loved this conversation. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me. You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, and please join the conversation over on Instagram at me and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.